Well, hello and welcome to the One Link podcast. I'm Brad, and we have a new co-host with us. As you all remember, Amy has been with us for a couple of years here, but she has stepped down and we wish her the best. And today I'm joined by James. Welcome, James. Hey, thanks. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've had the podcast uh, and we're jumping into a new series here in the new year and we're going to be interviewing some of our friends who live overseas and uh, share the gospel there and then try to be a witness to unreached people. So today's going to be our first interview of that, but I have a confession to make to our audience here. You know, we prior to this time, we've been using a script for our uh, podcast and so with James's uh, encouragement here, we're going off script. So this is just going to be unfiltered, James and Brad and our, our guest, Jennifer, who you're going to meet in a minute. So excited yeah. to be doing this with you, James. Yeah. What you see, what you hear is what you get. That's right. And uh, we'll, right. Not, we'll not edit out anything unless we say something really stupid. Yeah. And then we'll take it back. <laughs> yes. So James, why don't you inter- uh, introduce Jennifer to us? Uh, well, yeah, I'm really excited. We have a, a, a guest with us. She's actually a longtime friend of my wife's. And uh, she's in used to live in one country. Now she's in a new country and uh, we're going to call it uh, she's in Central Asia. And uh, we'll get a chance to hear a little bit about her and her experience there. Um, So, Jennifer, just jumping in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I um, from a very young age um, knew that God wanted me to spend a lot of the rest of my life or a significant part of the rest of my life overseas. Um, um, I knew that at, actually at the age of nine and it wasn't until I was in college um, between my junior and senior year, my first opportunity to actually go overseas was actually a one week trip um, oh, okay. to East Asia area. And um, that trip was uh, gr- definitely a growing experience for me. I had waited for years, uh, just knowing that that's where God was wanting me to head was overseas. But I think that trip and preparing for the trip and going on the trip, the whole experience was just a, a big reality check for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of that trip, um, God asked me to, to return overseas for a couple of years so I, I went back and lived in East Asia for um, two years. Okay, hold on one second. Let me just back up a little bit. When you say like a reality check, like what kind of things became reality that you hadn't realized before? Yeah, I think I seen the lives of the other workers that we had gone to encourage and be with and, and realizing the reality of their life, that it wasn't easy. They were living in a really hard place. They were pretty lonely. Uh, they didn't have a lot of support and encouragement around them. Uh, and just seeing with my eyes for the first time what the reality of what really living overseas is going to be like. I think sometimes it was easy when I hadn't been there before to think of, uh, you know, all the glorious things I was going to do and all the people I was going to meet and talk to. And um, I think that trip allowed me to kind of balance some of that with the just the reality of what life overseas sometimes can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so you just did that one trip and then you, you went, you moved overseas for a couple of years? I... For two years. Okay. Yes. And what was that and, like now you were there, but in, you know, in the, the missions world, we still call that short term, ironically, but uh, mm-hmm. what was mm-hmm. that like? Um, I think that even gave me an opportunity to have an 
even a bigger sense and even greater understanding of what living long-term overseas would be like. Because I think you're right. Uh, uh, six weeks is, it, it seems long when you're, when you're agreeing to go or when you, when you're actually going, but in reality, it's, it's not all that long. And so to go, be able to go for two years and, and really choose to plant my life somewhere I think even gave me a, a better picture of what really planting my life overseas, not just going on a trip, but planting my life and choosing to invest my life and my, my community, my relationships, um, all of that is going to happen here because this is where I'm planting my life. So I think that was a, a huge thing that I learned in those two years. And I, I think too, one thing in those two years, I think one of the most significant things was just learning how to walk with Jesus when I was in a place where I didn't have, uh, you know, Sunday morning church to go to and Sunday evening church to go to and Tuesday evening praise and worship time and a, a small group of, of the people who loved Jesus and wanted to meet together every week. Like that just wasn't the reality of life. When I moved overseas, I got on a plane and all of the things were gone. So I think um, learning how to walk with Jesus and have a relationship with him when all of those activities and all of those things, which none of them are bad, they are good. Um, but I, I hadn't experienced life without them. And so, nor had I experienced walking with Jesus without those things in my life. So I think those, that was a huge uh, growing curve, learning curve for me, those couple of years that I was overseas. And then did you, you came back for a little while. Yeah. A, maybe a little longer than a little while. Okay. Um, I thought I was coming back for a little while. Um, in my mind, my desire was to come back for um, one, maybe two years at the longest. And I ended up being in the States for about 10 years. Oh, wow. And God just kept saying, not yet. Um, he never said no. I, I always knew that that's overseas is where he was wanting me. That's it. That never left. Um, that was always my desire. And it was always his desire for me. But he just kept saying, not yet. There are some things that I want to do in you. I want you to grow in some areas. Um, I want to work on your character in, in some ways that I want to do that here in the States before you go back overseas. And so um, that I ended up being in the States for about 10 years. Yeah. How'd you, so how'd you know, how'd you know the time was okay? Like now it's time to go back. Um, I think just praying. I think I knew about, about five years into that, I knew the direction that I was headed. I knew that I was uh, most likely heading to Central Asia. Um, but it wasn't until um, maybe two years before I actually went that I, I sensed just, I think just through prayer and through seeking him, it was a question I was constantly asking those 10 years. I was always wanting to go and ready to go and I think just in prayer, um, just knowing that he he was saying, okay, like you're you're released to go. Like I want I want you to go now. It's time. Um, I had also gone back to nursing school, so there were some timing of things that I knew. Like once I graduate, I want to work in a hospital for at least a year. So there were some things like that that kind of helped guide my thinking and timing of things. Like I had to finish school, and then I it felt unwise to me to not work for at least a little while in the hospital to get yeah. some experience. So those, those, there were some practical things that helped me, but really it was just, I think just walking with him and continually asking the question, just saying this continues to be the desire of my heart. So 
can I go? Yeah. <laughs> can I go now? Yeah. Did you, uh, so you, so you're a nurse. Um, did you, did you do seminary? I did. Okay. So you had a nurse and seminary degree. Um, and are you doing, maybe this is jumping the gun. Are you doing any nursing work where you're at now? Is that something that's still involved or just helping grateful teammates that need some medical advice? <laughs> yes. Um, I do get calls sometimes. Um, but I, uh, I would say for the most part, since coming overseas, that has not been a big part of what I've been able to do. It's actually, it's kind of hard to use that in a lot of countries. Like once you leave your own country, you kind of have to get relicensed. So um, it's challenging, I think, to find ways that you can really use that. So I've been able to use it in small ways here and there, but mm -hmm. I'm currently not really using it at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then somewhere I know you've, I know now, I don't even know how to, how to ask this question. Tell us about your current work now, because you're not like, how long have you been at it total, I guess. And I know you're now, you're now no longer in the same place you started at physically, like you're in a different, different country now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was in the same country for about eight or nine years. I just moved to where I am now about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, so, and uh, most of those moves were not my choice. Um, it was God's moving and his working and it not being possible for me to stay where I had been. Yeah. But, um, but by his grace, he has been allowed me to be able to continue to focus and, and work with the same people. He's continued to make a way for that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, did you get invited to leave your last country or did you just get invited not to come back? Um, I chose to leave. Okay. Gotcha. In the end, I, I chose to leave. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here, Jennifer. Um, I actually have the privilege of having had worked with you overseas. So this is kind of fun. <laughs> um, and actually, I'm learning some details that I'd forgotten. So this is good. Um, so knowing some of uh, the work that you've done, the challenges and the joys of it, maybe you could share a little bit. What are some of your biggest joys right now in the work? I know there's been a lot of transition and the, this COVID season has been certainly very challenging. But what things are exciting you or giving you joy these days? Mm -hmm. I think just uh, one thing that comes to mind is just seeing God provide even in small ways, seeing him answer prayers, even if it didn't happen as soon as I thought it would or in the way that I thought it would. Um, even even just small things, um, praying for months just for um, open doors into the community here in this city. I live in a big city and my people are just a small portion of that. So um, it, it sometimes can be challenging to find a way into their community. And he's providing small ways, even in the last month or two. I, I just see him working. Um, and I think because I know how things have been over the last few years, I don't see them as small things. Like when he does things like that, I'm it really I'm incredibly grateful and just filled with gratitude for just even the small things, the things that can seem small that he does. So I think having the opportunity to listen to somebody's story, I think recently has just given me a lot of joy, just realizing a lot of people have stories that no one else will really sit and listen to. And um, 
So just being able to listen to those stories and to when the opportunity is, is available to be able to pray for them. And in those moments when you, when you can see that your, your prayer and the fact that you have prayed for them has, has meant a lot to them and moves them. And that, that has brought me a lot of joy, a lot of joy. How, how do they respond to that? Cause you're working with a Muslim people group. How do they respond when you want to pray for them? Are they open to that? Are they? Typically, um, I would say that sometimes there's a little bit of a nervous response, but I would say typically um, it's a, it's a positive response. And I think especially by the time you're finished praying, mm-hmm. um, there might be a little hesitance at first because they're not quite sure exactly what, you're going to do or what you're going to pray or what you're going to say. Um, but I think typically by the end, um, I think they are encouraged and moved. Uh, there's often tears. So mm-hmm. that has just brought me a lot of joy to be able to do that. Yeah. What's the, what's the flip side of it? Like what are your biggest challenges in your work right now? Um. I don't know if the phrase zero to one means anything to everyone listening, but um, I think um, feeling like you are, so so zero to one, meaning like zero church, you're wanting to go from zero church to one church. So there might be a few scattered believers here and there, but there's not a church yet. Um, And so that phase has gone on for a long time. And I think that can um, at times be challenging and discouraging. And I think, especially in the context of, uh, for me personally, having to move twice in the last uh, few years and start over. So you're, 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 you're kind of working with nothing. What it feels like sometimes is not a lot to start with. Um, And then you get to move somewhere else and, even feel like you move back even more. It's just hard to feel like there's traction or that there's any, any moving forward. And I think along with that, like, it's just, it, the, the type of work and the people that God has asked me to work with, um, I'm, I may never see the fruit of my life. Um, and, and that's okay, but it can be discouraging at times and it can be challenging at times to continue to be faithful because we want, we want to see fruit. Who doesn't want to see fruit? Who doesn't want to, to see things moving forward. So it's hard when you don't see with your own eyes, things don't seem to be moving forward. It's hard, I think, to, to not become discouraged and to, to persevere and to endure. Yeah. And sometimes, um, I, and I think just the day to day, like the one, it's, it's just kind of one life at a time, one, one plate of noodles at a time, one cup of tea at a time. It feels like a lot of just a relationship here, relationship there. And just have to trust that that those things are of him. Every relationship, every opportunity that I and others have is from him. Um, but it, it can be challenging to live life like that for a long time. Well, I know, um, you know I can certainly relate to some of the challenges that you're sharing. And I can remember times, particularly when we were overseas together, we would say things like, we well, need to laugh or we're going to cry, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of mentality. <laughs> So you have to you have to have some funny moments, some moments where you laugh. So what is there kind of a funny moment that uh, you can share with us? Maybe our audience will would like to hear about that. 
Well, you know, a, a lot of those moments we save for only small circles of close friends and family, right? But, That's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> um, I, well, here, this is one. Um, you have like a PG story here. You that it's, it's not for public consumption. <laughs> I'll try. I'll, I'll try to keep it acceptable for the podcast. Um, I actually, you asked about nursing earlier, and this one kind of has to do with nursing. This was a few years back, and the place where I was living was a small town in the desert. And the place where I worked was just a little bit outside of the city and kind of felt more like a village setting. And the ladies that I worked with every day, a lot of them were related and they lived in a little village that was just a few minutes away from where I worked. And so one day I had a little time and uh, one of the um, one of the ladies that worked with us, her mom had been sick. And so she often wanted her blood pressure taken. So I thought, I'll take my blood pressure cuff and I'll go over and take her blood pressure for her. So I go and take her, I'll go over to check on her and take her blood pressure. And I showed up and several of the ladies are sitting on a blanket in the desert, like out on the sand. And I, I take her mom, they bring her mom out and I take her blood pressure and we're sitting there and they pour some hot water and they break up some bread and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden the neighbors just start coming out one by one. I've never met these women. And uh, they all line, basically line up to get their blood pressure taken. As I'm sitting on a blanket in the desert, in the middle of the sand, there's chickens running around. One of the gal's little son, who's probably two, was crawling around in the mud and the water. And I just, it was just one of those moments where I just thought, is this my life? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting on a blanket in the desert with a blood pressure cuff and a stethoscope taking blood pressures of ladies that I don't know with chickens running around. And it just, um, it, it brought me a lot of joy and a lot of laughter that day to think about where I found myself. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, when you think about like your current context and you talked about them being a, being a small group of people, I guess a, a twofold question. One, how do you find them? And then how do, what does sharing your faith with them look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one thing that makes it easy here is that a lot of them have, a lot of the people that I seek to work with have restaurants or stores that are specific to their food and their uh, clothes and kind of those kind of things. So there are some places and there are also a few neighborhoods where they have kind of congregated. So that has made finding them uh, a little easier, which has been a a huge gift. Um, I think as far as sharing my faith, I I feel like this has kind of always been true and that it just hasn't changed much that I feel like the first step for me in sharing my faith with this people group is that establishing myself as a fear of God, because they have a lot of assumptions about a Westerner, um, an American um, and they, that, that those assumptions are not always that you are a fear of God, um, but it's more like you do whatever you want. Um, you know, they've watched lots of movies and they've seen what people do. And um, so it's, I feel like that is always the first step for me is I want them to know that I fear God. And often it's just a small word or a phrase that I can say that will allow me to share that with them, like saying God willing or saying, uh, you know, they tell me a story about something. I I will pray for you 
about that and just letting like I pray, you know, sometimes that that makes them say, you know, you pray. Um, so it, it often opens the door for conversation. So I feel like establishing myself as a God fear is kind of the the foundation before I can really share much about Jesus. I feel like that has to happen. Um, I like to move from there. I like sharing my story, my testimony, how God has showed me that my sins could be forgiven. Um, I feel like it's a, kind of a next step. It's not quite so confrontational. It's kind of sharing my story, but then opens the door for me to have conversation with them. Um, and then for me, taking any opportunity I can to show them the word of God in their language that it's available because most of them don't know that it is available. So that for me, those are, that's kind of, for me, like I want to establish myself as a God fear. I'm going to share my story. I want them, I want to make sure that they know about the word of God, because the truth is the reality with is that most conversations don't go very long. Most people aren't, they don't engage that topic or that conversation very long. And I, I feel like I have a small window and I usually don't get to share everything that I want to share. But if I can leave them with them knowing that the word of God exists and where they can find it, um, I feel that that's my goal. If I never get to see them again, they know where to find the word of God. Mm-hmm. So, And are you are you handing out physical Bibles? Are you sending them to a place online, an app, a... Uh movie theater you know, like what do you, what do you yeah on online and app is the most practical mm-hmm. so the uh, physical copies are not out of the question uh, but when the online is available and the app is available it's it's it's, the easiest. it's a great way mm-hmm. and it's so easily accessible yeah yeah i know yeah. When, when they got an app from my people group that was like a a huge and great thing great thing for me as well Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer, let me jump in here. Um, I know you shared earlier that sometimes it's hard to see progress, hard to see what the Lord is up to. Um, and I can just remember times also, you know, I was thinking of a story I was sharing with this barber for over a year and he just didn't seem interested. And I later found out that there was, there was a young man who was working in the shop with him. It was real quiet. And it was him that God was at work on. Do you feel like you're, you've seen any kind of glimpses into what God is doing in your people group right now? Hmm. I think one of the things that comes to mind um, is with the current people that I am working with right now, it, it's, it, it's often hard to see anything except that God is, he's tearing down and he's breaking down and he's allowing suffering. And um, that can be heavy, um, especially when it's ongoing. But um, it, what it has driven me to do is pray that he would have mercy and that he would restore and rebuild what he's tearing down. So I think what I'm trying to say with that is to see, like, I, I see him tearing down and taking away and allowing a lot of suffering but what I see that is, is as a step to him being able to rebuild and to restore. Um, so choosing to see what could, what is awful and horrible right now as choosing to trust that is God working and um, praying and begging and pleading with him 
that he would have mercy and that he would pour out his grace and that he would restore and rebuild uh, and that there would be a church among this people. There would be many, many believers and followers as a result of of what has been taken away and the changes that have happened um, to their world, to their country, to their community, to their families. That's a really good perspective. Yeah, I think sometimes the work of the Lord feels painful in the moment, but it, uh, that breaking process can lead to building in good ways, like you shared. Yeah. And uh, I know your people group has suffered a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, one of the things we run into with, with mission work, um, I even feel nervous saying that word because you spend so long. She not, probably feels more nervous it. than you do. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, you know, is the is the security side, and you know, like while we would love to to use her real name and and talk about the people group, um, sometimes that's as specific as we can get, and that's one of the challenges of being overseas and and working with the unreached and the the places that are hard to be in and it's a i know it's a stress that i i carried sometimes even subconsciously um but uh, you know but what we need even if you don't know if you're listening to this and you and you don't know the people group um they desperately need prayer and that's uh that's what's gonna what's gonna move it yeah, so um, actually, b- before we add, we'd love to get some prayer requests from you. But uh, this, so this weekend, we're having students in that are coming to uh, consider going overseas longer term, maybe do a two year thing like that. And so just thinking about them and the church here in America, what would be kind of a word of encouragement or challenge to them that you, you'd want to share? I think. Um... It has taken me a long time to realize just how much abundance that I and we have been given. Um, being born and raised in the place places that we have. And I, I think abundance is the word that kept coming to mind, is that we have been given so much. We have been given um, opportunity to hear the gospel. We've been given general safety, even practical things, general safety. Um, we've been given comforts that many people in the world don't have. We, we have access to money that a lot of people in the world don't have. There's just, there's so much abundance that we have been given that we don't deserve. I don't deserve it. And I think I am continually challenged, um, I think, to to give out of that abundance, but also sometimes to give that abundance away give away the abundance um, and choose to um, go to those in need, to pray for those in need, to to walk away from the abundance in some ways, um, or to even just look away from the abundance, or just to realize how much abundance there is and turn our eyes to those who don't have that, who live in in a completely different world, who are in need, and don't have the privilege, the privileges that we have, and most of all are without the hope of Jesus. I think that, of course, I mean, we all know that's that's the greatest gift that we've been given, is that um, <coughs> sorry, that he's um, given us the opportunity to hear and to believe and follow him. 
Um, and we, we didn't deserve that either. I didn't deserve that. Um, so I think um, realizing our abundance and being willing to give out of that abundance, not just to choose to stay and to live in our abundance, but what to ask ourselves, what of the abundance that I have been given, can I give away? That's really good. Yeah. Well, we'd like to close our time in prayer with you, Jennifer. What are some prayer requests that you can share for us? And then we'd love to pray for you right here on the podcast. Yeah. And can I just say, give, give us two, because someone's going to listen to it. Like as soon as we put it out. Uh, so give us like a right now, but give us also like a long-term one. So if someone like two years later, they, they come to our podcast, something that that's still mm. relevant. Um, I think the right now one I would say is um, the father has been given some, he's been giving some very specific ways, some inroads into the community here um, for our people. And it's been really encouraging. Um, so I think praying that he would continue to use the opportunity that he's given us, um, but to also give more opportunities like that. Uh, so, for example, right now we have an opportunity that gives us access to quite a few men and uh, young men, um, but to have an op- a, a similar opportunity that would give us ongoing access to the people, a reason to be with them in their community, in their neighborhood on a regular basis. So uh, that's something that I think we, I, and, and those here with me are, are praying for a lot right now. It's just those ongoing opportunities to be with them. And I think um, this is something that I mentioned earlier and something that I feel like I often ask prayer for, but it really is one of the greatest needs is just perseverance. Um, Just being able to get up tomorrow and do what he's asking and be faithful. Um, So, you know, it's country number two and language number three, and um, it, it can get. I can become weary. So I think just um, praying that I wouldn't grow weary in being faithful um, and to do it all, to be faithful and to to do all of that for his glory, not for my own namesake or or just for the sake of being stubborn and I'm I'm going to persevere for the sake of persevering, but um, for the sake of obedience and for his name being known among those who don't know it. Good. Well, let's close our time in in prayer, Jennifer. God, I do lift up these things that Jennifer shared. Uh, I pray you'd give her and her team uh, inroads and access to the community there. And I pray you'd give them all perseverance, Lord, just on those days where it seems like nothing's happening. They're not seeing any fruit. Lord, would you uh, speak to them words of encouragement? Would you give them little sightings where they see you at work and they say, oh, God is here. We, we, we believe that, Lord, to increase their faith, um, help them to stay healthy and rest well in these days, and just pray that you'd be glorified as people from this, pe- this group come to know you and are worshiping before you in eternity. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for taking some time out of your evening and joining us. I'm so glad to have you. And James, you made your first podcast. Way to go. I don't think we made too many mistakes here. So we we did good. That's good. Thank you guys. It has been a joy. Yep, it really has. And uh, take care of yourself. And uh, we look forward to, to hearing how God's working over there.
And for our podcast listeners, we'll see you next time.